0: We all know we are supposed to drink more water, but how much plain water can you really drink? Well, drinking more water just got easier with new Bigelow Botanicals Cold Water Infusion. Simply open the foil pouch, drop in the bag, and add cold water to make a refreshing, flavored water. Bigelow Botanicals are not only delicious, but calorie and caffeine-free. Staying hydrated has never been so easy with flavors like strawberry lemon orange blossom and watermelon cucumber mint. Bigelow Botanicals are a new reason to love your water. on to the show. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. Oh God, you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. I used to do a show with the man named David Pollack who developed skincare. It was called Beauty Inside Out and we would have so much fun. I could talk about clean beauty forever and how important it is to look at what you're putting not only in your body but on your body. So I am so excited to have Denny Neifert Denny. <laughs> so focus, fo- focusing on your last name, I will edit that. I am so excited to have Danny Neifert on the program. She is a licensed esthetician with 20 plus years of experience with natural product formulation, as well as hands-on individual treatments with clients. Danny's Focus is on the power of natural products. First, uh, began at her place of birth in, on the Navajo Reservation in Monument Valley, Utah, where she was raised with respect for the environment and its offerings. She is the author of Relearning Skin Care, The Story of Skin and The New Way, where she is a fresh voice and visionary for health providers and enthusiasts everywhere. Danny, I'm so excited to have you. I'm not the best at reading bios, but I am super
1: (laughs) excited to have you on. (laughs) Ah, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. It feels so fun to be with another skin nerd right now. Like, I just got all lit up.
0: Yeah, well, number one, you're... Your skin is stunning. I just put some face oil. I love face oil. And I was telling my husband the other day, if someone had told me when I was a teenager in the 80s that someday I'd be putting oil on my face, I'd be like, you're completely insane.
1: You know, because back then we just had no idea, right? Right, And it it seems a lot of people still don't know that. And I love that you know that because that's a big, that's one of the biggest um, bones I have to pick with the clinical and medical Side of the skin industry where it, there's this huge oil clogging pho- phobia. Yep. Um, one of the the toxic beauty industry, if you will, not just with ingredients, but just in general. I mean, one of their biggest fear points is making people feel afraid of their pore size and whoever they is. You know, this the, me- oh, I know the what media you mean. as we all experience it in large you know, corporation media campaigns where they spend, like, you know, millions on the campaign and, you know, very little on the insides of what's in the container. But there's just this fear about, you know, maybe public speaking would be the number one fear, but number two might be to have oh, large pores, you know, and that would be just so awful. And then all of this fear around clogging them with right. um, non-comeogenic ingredients. Yeah. So I love that you love oil. You're 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 really smart. Lisa. Oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> thank you. Now, it's funny cuz I love what I do. I've been in health media for 20 years. But I was thinking last year, it was right before COVID, I thought, you know what? I want to be an esthetician. I want to be an esthetician who specializes in all natural stuff. Because there's a woman in my town, she makes her own facial stuff, her own soaps, and it's so awesome. It's like the best natural facial ever. But then I ended up getting a little busier. So now I'm like, I'm going to put that on hold, but it's not It's not totally off the table. But when did you know that you wanted to be an
1: esthetician? You know, it, um. Not until my late 20s, honestly. I was so into gardening and aromatherapy and natural crafting, um, so I was doing it so much already, but because my background is so outdoorsy, like my parents are educators on (laughs) Indian reservations and I lived in Taos, New Mexico, that's where I raised my family, like it's all about outdoors and I river guided for 10 years, so... I was all about being in nature in that way and even though I did my gardening and all of my home crafting and helped some people make some of their their products I what is so hilarious is I didn't even know aesthetics was a field until my friend who was managing this like high-end <laughs> hotel in Tao said, hey, you could become an esthetician. And I said, an esta what?
0: <laughs> I can never spell that word right, by the way.
1: It's <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's spelled either with an A or an E or both in the beginning. And people confuse it with being an anesthesiologist, which is totally different. And so, I was like mind-blown. Because um, I was, I'm very much a tomboy. I didn't grow up with an affinity to the beauty industry. I feel like I'm here accidentally as an experiment, and because I have this just this innate love of textures and smells of plants and oh, essential oils and and just the act of. I'm a double cancer by sign astrology. For some people who know at least conversational level astrology, it. I love comfort. I love self-care. I I just seems like I was just a little bug born for this. So I was just following these innate curiosities in myself and then later like ran into the like the collision of of like, wait, this is like a monetized field and there's a whole ambiance that comes with it and there's a whole like fancy thing around it and um i've been just sort of like stumbling and tripping my way through the monetization of this field <laughs> now
0: i'm sure when you're trained or i'm assuming it was more in like the the regular i'm using air quotes like cause cosm- you know soaps and lotions and creams rather than a
1: more natural yeah approach. so what's interesting about my my path with this and Interesting, I mean I've just stayed with it. like it's actually been closer to 30 years. I don't want to give my age away because I got started so young. But I started natural, completely natural. Oh, that's great. Old school homesteading recipes and gardening and aromatherapy. back when nobody knew what aromatherapy was and I would take my stuff to the local art show and and things and people be like, what? what is essential oil? Like I, my voice would be so, I'd be so exhausted by the end of the day because I would, and I would hardly make any sales because everything was about explaining what an essential oil was. And then they were like put off by the price because good essential oils, good ingredients are not cheap. right? And so I gave up. This was like 25 years ago. <laughs> like I, I, you know, but but to answer your question, I started out natural and then I went to aesthetic school in my late 20s and was taught the medical approach and how to peel people with, you know, chemical peels and acids and microdermabrasion and lasers. And I learned about all of these things, you know, that I wanted to learn about. And I did that for several years. I opened my spa in Taos, the Skin Sanctuary of Taos, after I got out of aesthetic school in my late 20s. And it was open for about five or six years before I moved to California. And, that was just a completely like, it was such an amazing time of experimenting and me trying everything and sort of this place where natural and clinical came together completely turned me upside down. I went through like many dark days of, wait a minute, what's going on? you know, just trying to reconcile these two very different approaches. And I ended up starting over from nothing. I threw everything out, absolutely everything. I didn't even know if I was going to continue because wow. nothing was working. Everybody, you know, everybody's skin is so different. I Everything that I w- had been taught in both camps was, you know, not leading me I, to my satisfaction right? <laughs> to actual results, like beyond the, the, like, I feel like there's a lot of, um, how do I say it? The emperor wears no clothes type of mentality in the skin industry where they kind of, you know, they, Hey, it's getting better. No, it is is you're And it is like <laughs> by, by the before and afters that you see other people go through and, and uh, you know, it, we sort of get, we fall into the mirror and get lost in what's really happening with our own skin. And it can be really confusing, So, I discovered something called Dermal Nutrients, and it's a doctor who basically patented bioavailable Dermal Nutrients, and it kind of just changed everything for me. I, I started to see the regenerative power of this substance, and... I built a whole protocol around it and built a whole, I rebuilt the skincare wheel essentially based on this nourish to heal concept instead of harm to heal concept, which is basically the difference between the two camps and brought them together in a way that I've streamlined a way to detox and resurface someone's skin without chemicals and without trauma. Um, and what this, but what this process does include, and in something that I discovered, is that it, there's a detoxing phase that our skin goes through when it, when it, um, oh my gosh, it just does this beautiful thing where it comes dynamic, becomes dynamic, and and it heals in such a, a deep way that it pushes old congestion out of our skin. And so, that's all I do in my treatments is clean skin as it heals and clears itself and retextures. So, that's like the one page service that I have, all that fancy equipment that I've spent so much money on and, you know, that was in my aesthetics room when I first opened my spa. Like, all those bells and whistles, you know, you see all, that, all the machinery. I had it all and had to let it all go because I realized, you know, how... Um, useless <laughs> it was they were and it was my hands and my skill level of being able to clean out people's skin manually perfectly for every single porn situation that was going on so ah. it's sort of like a quick like little you know trail through how I came to be where I'm at where I specialize in something called holistic resurfacing which is a word that I kind of made up and yeah. also holistic skincare which is another thing that I've put together to express how there's, it's both of these camps that have come together because instead of penetrating trauma, like the clinical camp, and that's, that, that's all they do across the board that each place has a a fancier way of doing it, or they're using a slightly different acid, but it's all trauma-based. And so instead of penetrating trauma to get our skin to make new skin cells, I'm penetrating bioavailable dermal nutrients and it's a completely different way to get our skin to resurface. I mean it it's it's a whole different ball game because another thing I'll drop in here sure. is that what I discovered along the way is that skin that is exposed to these microviolent procedures, chemical peels, microdermabrasion Even retinol creams, as they exist today, are very inflammatory for our skin. Um, Lasers, microneedling, anything that creates that initial trauma will age somebody's skin faster. It just will. And people don't want to know this. And the first time I heard this, I didn't really want to believe it either. But what happens is our dermal layer, which is the mother layer, the layer of our skin that actually creates Our epidermal layer, the one that we see, that's the true layer of our skin, and that's where the manufacturing of all of our skin cells happen. And when that layer is overworked, isn't given water, isn't given nutrients, isn't the barrier isn't restored to where it's always acid mantle is always being disrupted, it ages faster. Now, our dermal layers aging anyways at 1% past the age 25. So it's happening. This dermal thinning is already in the works. (laughs) Now, (laughs) when we go women go through menopause, it happens even more. Yes. And so why would we add miles and deplete it faster? And this is a developmental stage that I feel like the whole skin industry just had to go through to get to where. To the understandings that we have now, and we have the option of these dermal nutrients now, which is something, you know, when chemical peeling was discovered in the 1900s, and then it got really more rediscovered again in the 1930s, and then the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, it like really took hold because there was a European esthetician who came to LA and and really spread the this um, chemical peel idea. And it set the precedence for this trauma-based precedence and the model for clinical skincare. So we've mixed up this um, regeneration, I'm air-quoting now, <laughs> for, um, it's, it's not rejuvenation. It's, it's, it's a trauma loop pattern that people get stuck in and it's basically sabotaging our skin health.
0: You're blowing my mind. You are, and I'm mad at all the micodermers.
1: Yeah, I, you know God, I did it too, it. sister. I mean, Ugh. I I put thousands of dollars and so much of my time. This was a very difficult transition for my business to make for for maybe eleven years ago, twelve years ago, because I was in. Like I had the business loan, I had bought all that equipment, I had drank the Kool Aid, I was doing it. I was receiving these treatments as well because everything I do, I do to my own skin, you know, as part of the grand experiment. And I had to just change directions. once. And once I could see the glow, the health, the, the luminosity returning to not only my own skin, but my client's skin with acne, with aging, with all of the issues, especially in Taos, New Mexico, where everything in high altitude is worse. Mm. except for for your heart. Our, your, our hearts do really good in high <laughs> altitude, but high altitude and outdoor town that skis and rivers and bikes like in high altitude, the issues that I w- was up against were exaggerated. And that was where I developed my whole system.
0: I do like a dermaplane. Is that
1: also not good? Yeah, it's unnecessary. And I mean, for some people who have peach fuzzy skin and you know, it's about the hair. Yeah. It feels so nice.
0: It feels like a cat's licking you.
1: It (laughs) does. It's like kind of scratchy. You can get that through massage. I mean, maybe not exactly, but...
0: But you're saying that's not good either. That's as damaging. It's
1: over exfoliation. And the amazing thing about these dermal nutrients is that instead of our skin being forced to make new skin cells because of exfoliation or acids, our skin is voluntarily, joyously turning out these new skin cells and there's something about the texture of skin that's been over exfoliated that's not quite right it's a really hard thing for me to put into words but the pores are are sha- are like shaved off in a certain way like there's it's so smooth but the pores have they start to invert almost they start to try to do their job under, under grade of the skin because they're not allowed to show their they, pores should be plump, they should be hydrated. The acid mantle needs to be in place, which means that there's always an oil residue on our skin, which traps the water in our skin. And it's like this beautiful texture that happens with when skin when it's not over exfoliated, and then with skin that's derma and scrubbed at, it's like everything's sort of shiny, smooth, and it's not anatomically correct. And it doesn't, it's not conducive for healthy pore function.
0: Okay. That's good to know. And I
1: think, yeah. And I think a lot of consumers are addicted to that feeling and the addicted to scrubbing and exfoliation because it does this thing where things get super smooth and our skin has a mini trauma response. It might even swell, which makes our wrinkles look better, especially post the day after a good, you know, clinical procedure. You're like, oh, my wrinkles are gone. No, that's extra fluid and inflammation in your skin that, you know, is not heading your skin. And uh, the long-term trajectory of skin that's inflamed chronically and even mildly over a long period of time is not good. That you talk to longevity experts – inflammation in and of itself is aging like that's the equivalency of aging
0: naturally savvy podcast is sponsored by morpheus for menopause so i have to know now are these when you say nutrients is this something we're taking internally
1: and putting on our skin like topically it's topical I mean internal and this is in a, a this is in the skin harmonic Yes, it's in it's in two of my serums. Now one of my serums doesn't have this because a lot of people's skin is so mad and upset and out of balance and over procedured that I have to honestly rehab people's skin sometimes to even get it to the place where it starts to get an appetite, if you will, for some and then we can actually start resurfacing. But oftentimes people come to me in such bad shape. I specialize in difficult skin. I, I work on every type of skin. There's no skin I couldn't work on, but because I specialize and I love, you know, difficult, totally messed up skin, because the transformation is so is so enormous, I have to, you know, on-ramp it with a non-nutritive serum at first and just rebuild the acid mantle and just bring up water level, and then we start slipping in the hydration how do you do that? How do you build those things up that you just mentioned? Yeah, so it's very simple. It's not over cleansing. It's stopping exfoliation should happen about once a month, maybe twice if in maybe weekly at the most. If I'm really working with acneic skin, like you know, skin that's like we're going there and it's happening a week maximum. So a lot of people are exfoliating daily. Um, or nightly, um, maybe twice a month. Anyways, I- ideally for skin that's just like balanced and generally happy, once a month. So stop the over-cleansing, stop the over-exfoliating. And it's all about using a really good hydrating mist, a really clean water that's not a toner. There's All the astringents are taken out because toning will astringe our skin and take us the other direction. Like anything that's going to dry out our skin is like going, it's going south and anything that's going to hydrate our skin is like the new North star. So using a really good hydrating serum or hydrating mist and then using a hydrating serum. And that means using a hydrophilic substance like aloe vera gel or hyaluronic and keeping the astringent essential oils away as well like i'm a mad fan of aromatherapy but i've come to know that most essential oils are astringent and don't belong in our on our face they just don't there's a hand, small handful of essential oils that will not dehydrate our skin and then using a moisturizer and using a moisturizer with oil it has to be a lipid rich and oil rich moisturizer to actually trap that water in and it really is that simple Um, it's, you know, using that very, it's a natural, it's a very classic European layering system that I've just, you know, inserted the dermal nutrients into the serum part. But on a very basic level, somebody can completely, you know, start to align their skin with right skin practices just by stopping the cleansing, stopping the exfoliation, using a really good hydrating mist, even if it's natural spring water done. Um, And then some aloe vera gel, hyaluronic is even better. I often say that um, aloe vera gel is like the poor girl's hyaluronic acid. It does the job, but not quite, you know, but it's better than nothing. And then getting a moisturizer on top of that, that's rich in oils. And now we've hydrated, we've trapped that water in and we've restored the barrier.
0: Wow. You know, what's so interesting is my daughter has, well, this is more interesting, um, acneic, sensitive like so sensitive uh dry yeah like it's been impossible but I've done what you're talking about and there's a woman in my town who makes her own products and they're oil-based and they're I mean they're amazing there's no preservatives in it preservatives wonderful they're amazing and it's made such a difference like she'll break out a little bit but nothing. And then I also bought this extraordinarily expensive hyaluronic acid. Because I was just curious. I <laughs> yeah, had yeah. heard it's like magic. It really, really made a big difference in her skin. But I can't afford It's way too expensive as, as like a yeah. regular thing. But still, I was like, oh, wow, this is really amazing. And she still has that redness. But... You know, she did de- one of the things that the woman makes is she puts, she says to just use it like once a week or every couple of weeks is that exfoliator. She uses flax seeds, which I thought was so interesting. Mm, I don't know how you feel about exfoliant. that.
1: Yeah, just, yeah. Gent-
0: and we're always very gentle, but big, but I definitely want to try your stuff for sure. But it's, it's interesting to see how when she kind of went back from, oh, scrubbing and this and that. Yeah, and- she
1: made that transition, getting more aligned. Yeah. yeah. It calmed down. But once you're at that
0: place, because I think she is, I'd love to try the stuff that you're talking about that has the nutrients in it. And what kind of
1: nutrients are in there? Well, this, this doctor, what he did is he took the bioavailable form of vitamin A. And it's something called retinaldehyde. And there's many type of retinols. But retinaldehyde is the type of vitamin A that our dermal layer recognizes as food, Like it's already been, you know, sequenced to where that's the final, you know, the final part of it that the skin actually recognizes. And so that's what he took and he encapsulated it with a PC liposome, a natural PC liposome from um, lecithin granules. And he did it in a way that he stabilized that nutrients and then, you know, packed this liposome around it so that It's stabilized and it's taken right into our dermal layer. And this is the same PC liposome that they use in a transdermal patch, you know, that the medical field has been using for a long time, but he combined it with this nutrient. And so we can apply this to the surface of our skin and it not, usually products penetrate because of a low pH. It's the acidic thing that drives products into our skin. Um, And that's not using that. It's a very specific lipid that takes it all the way into our dermal layer, it's released, and our skin is like, wow, like, you know, tacos, lasagna, <laughs> and, and it can just start making new skin cells. Is it like, does it act as like
0: a retinol would, even though you said earlier not to use the In retinols? a way,
1: but it's it's like, it is in that family, but the final effect is completely different because a traditional retinol cream or retinoic acid cream, all of the different types, Number one, they're in the wrong delivery system (laughs) in a cream, even if they're in a serum, but they're all inflammatory. They're all things that create so much irritation and sun sensitivity and inflammation in our skin that honestly, it's a net loss. It's not worth it. By the time we've inflamed our skin, and it's very inefficient. Like, very little of that is actually getting into your dermal layer. And it's doing it at such a high price of causing so much irritation and sun sensitivity that it's it's just not worth it. So, with this, um, it makes it in there without inflaming our skin about, you know, 500 times more. Does that help with acne? Yes. That's the thing. It's the nutrient that resurfaces our skin. It lifts out aging spots. And, you know, it's, it's what makes this resurfacing. Because going back to that the clinical versus the natural camp, for so long, the clinical camp was all about making new skin cells. And that's what it defined a clinical camp. And the old way was to trauma. Uh, that That's that's the method. Um, and then if you do natural skin care, you're not getting increased cell turnover. There's no corrective aspect to it. Now, you're not aging yourself faster, so that's cool. And you're not throwing oil... Out of balance if you're sticking to a traditional natural sequence. Although it gets sort of crazy because companies have muddled them. So there's this big drive for natural. So people are using like natural glycolic acid and like it's okay. And my favorite is a microderm abrasion machine that shoots out lavender petals. So that makes it okay. <laughs> I
0: have not heard of that. Yes,
1: we need to clean up. Our ingredients, but I'm saying let's take it to a whole other level to where the intention has shifted. We're not just using natural salicylic acid from willow bark. Fantastic. It's clean, but the impact is still trauma-based. So it's like, how can we... Again, going back to this like nourish to heal rather than harm to heal, and making it super clean. So interesting. I might have got uh, you are asking me. I was going. Somewhere. No, you were fine. No, that was great. I okay.
0: So in all transparency, my daughter. <laughs> see, now I feel badly because she she's used different, which is a ret, which is um some kind of. Ret. Let me tell you though, she went from her entire forehead covered with acne and painful acne to none. So I feel like because I, yeah, I feel like at this point, I'm married. I feel like we're at a good place right yeah. now because I, well, I do the different, but then she does all the stuff we just talked about. Yeah. I mean, we haven't done the And new so she's getting
1: again. a little bit of cell turnover. She with, does a little, and she yeah. only uses a
0: very little bit. Great. But I do think that's causing some of the redness. I'm not gonna just throw away her different. She'd freak out. She'd be like, Mom, yeah, what are you well, doing? You I don't- should
1: get her the Tesla of Differin, which is the bioavailable dermal nutrient. So she's in a pinto, basically. Yes. Everybody that's buying it from their dermatologist, and you know, this is the thing and it's patented, and that's one of the reasons it hasn't hit mainstream. I mean, oh. no doc no derm other dermatologist wants to give away their profit margin to somebody else who engineered something unique and had it patented so you think
0: it's okay to like maybe just taper off and add this in
1: sure she could just try it too i mean this leads me to like the uh, something that's really important about acne is that there's a big difference between increased cell turnover scrubbing our skin and extractions now, extractions are the professional removal of the stuff that's in the acne, the, the blackheads, the milia, all that gunk that's in there. Are you
0: okay with those?
1: Because well, I love extractions. they can be, they're removed. Yeah. I mean, that's my jam. I'm a master extractor. Woo-hoo. Awesome. And okay. it's somewhat controversial because different states allow asceticians to do it and some don't. There's very really? poor training involved. Oftentimes, registered nurses and doctors don't want to do it. Number one, they're not trained. And number two, it's way more profitable to give out creams and to brush it under the rug and do injections. Like any registered nurse that's in skincare, she's doing injections. They're all doing topicals and injections because that's current trends are and that's where it's so profitable. And so the skill of of true extracting you know, is, it's an art. <laughs> it, it doesn't fully exist and it's very hard to get. And that's the missing link for acne people because they're told not to pick and, and they're not encouraged to get professional extractions. And I want to also say that bad extractions are awful. You I mean, you don't want somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, extracting your skin. And there's all skill levels. There's so many styles. There's, it's a whole scene and the the, you know, the summary is that high quality professional extractions are not being offered as a service. And it leads people to like, well, it's a door they can't go through. And so it forces them into other doors, basically. Well,
0: we're lucky, I guess, because the woman I see, I see two. I see one that's more mainstream, but I'll bring my daughter's gentle products for her to use on, and for Beautiful. Me. And she's been doing it for 20 years. She's really good. Awesome. You are so lucky. You are so lucky. And then there's a woman who's been doing it for about 10 years on the natural side.
1: She's great too. You are because oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes, I I mean, my products make such a big impact on people's skin and I ship them out all over. And sometimes well, I'm physically challenged. Like I can't go to Australia. Um, so people, I have to like, okay, go to an acne specialist. Um Tell them graciously to not use their products. Bring yours. But if they do put it on and you can't get around it, go home and take them off immediately. But you want to ask for extractions, you know? And it's it's like, it, it can be kind of a wild goose chase because, yeah, for all the reasons that I, I, had I just no mentioned. no
0: idea. Yeah. I didn't know it was important. I remember I was in New York several years ago. And I went to see this woman who was from Russia and I swear that was the best facial. <laughs> she right was, but she was really intense. Like maybe I felt like it was too much with the extractions, but I remember being at the airport and literally people were turning to look, I had like several people come up to me and they're like, your skin is amazing. And she didn't over scrub, but she
1: just like, I don't know, she, blocked, she brought Beautiful. the blowout. out. It's so, I, one of the analogies I use is, is sort of the difference between brushing your teeth and flossing your teeth. So you can brush your teeth all you want but the, only the flossing will get the stuff out you know that's in between the teeth like there's no substitute for that. Yeah. And so that's what extractions are um yeah in versus just scrubbing. So when people come to see you, do extractions across the board? If- I do. I mean I can always find something. That'd be, because the thing that's causing the congestion in our skin is is chronic dehydration. And this is what's so hilarious to me is like Americans, especially it's like all of, it's like we have to clean our skin and that's why it's breaking out and we have to clean our skin. That's why we have big pores. We have to clean our skin because that's why it's congesting. And in all of that over efforting, we're creating congestion. And so we've all been hypnotized by the media and this this, These protocols that you know were put in place in the 1930s. So it's just part of the collective subconscious, if you will, at this point. Like that, you just scrub your skin and you have to clean your skin and you just, what you what you do. Nobody even thinks about it anymore. So because of that and the lack of using a hydrating serum and the lack of using a, a, rip, a lipid-rich moisturizer, everybody that doesn't come to see me when they first arrive has dehydrated skin. I've never met anybody that didn't. Two, two degrees. This can be. Some worse and some better. But because of that chronic state, skin is congested. So I can always find something.
0: Okay. So I have big pores on the side of my nose and I hate them. And I have pores, big pores on my chin. And they say, as you get older, you, I mean, and I'm doing all the good stuff, but they're still there. Is it just
1: like sometimes that's just. Well, we're, we're born with our pore size. Okay. Like, we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. However, the things that make it worse are over-scrubbing and sun exposure and having things lodged in our pores chronically, which comes from the dehydration and the over-scrubbing. So what I do, how I approach... Poor health is by hydrating it, restoring the barrier, like we're talking about feeding our skin so it has like this upwards pushing of new skin cells and it brings like a, that's rejuvenation, that's the vitality, like that's a good stimulation because we want blood flow but we don't want to tip it into inflammatory blood flow. I mean, all healing happens in that sweet spot where where, where blood flow is stimulated but not doesn't cross the line. Um, And then getting your pores cleaned out. Uh, A lot of the micro congestion that I I call it, I call it micro congestion because there's a low grade congestion that happens in skin that's out of balance, can reconcile in, you know, a matter of weeks and months. Whereas the bigger stuff has to be like physically taken out. And then a sunscreen, just like protect, 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 protect. protect, Because the sun, you know, 80% of aging is what is what happens because of sun exposure. Like that's just, that's something yep. that's always working against us and making sure that there's not stuff stuck in the pores, dehydrated and exposed to the sun. So if we're doing all of the correct things, then, you know, often pores will, will shrink to find a better shape based on their genetics. And now on skin that just has bigger pores than like, that's just that you just have to draw the self-acceptance card for that and and you have to make the goal for like well I want my pores to be healthy if you're born with curly hair you're always going to have curly hair you have to just embrace it and one of the benefits and the upsides of having larger pores and everybody has larger pores across their nose everybody comes to me like oh my god my pores are so huge they're so huge like no that's just anatomy it's like the nippleless barbie right i mean it's just how it is (laughs) um but if we can get our skin into that state and clean out anything our our pores and the new aim is to like how can we have optimally functioning pores and the and the benefit is having extra oil. People that have larger pores have larger oil production, which by the way is incredible for preserving skin. That's one of the reasons ethnic skin doesn't age as quickly as white skin is because there's a natural production of oil that's more than a white person's skin. How like, uh, you know, Indian women and Asian women can have this, this this skin that you're just like jaw on the floor. You know, this woman's in her eighties. That's because of larger pores. So, do we have to just we have to love our pores no matter what. Like I have smaller pores. I know. Um, I'm looking.
0: I'm like, oh my god,
1: you look but, amazing. But then I'm always, you know, going to need need to supplement that with more with more oils.
0: Yeah. Well, this is unbelievable timing, Danny, because I've been thinking about some kind of laser treatment because I unfortunately I was a kid in the 70s, teen in the 80s. I worship the sun. I'm fair skinned. I'm freckled and. I don't know. I don't remember. Like, did my parents put sunscreen on in the 70s? I mean, my mom would get really dark. My dad is, like, super fair. All I know now is I've got these, like, little red marks. They're not cancer. I got them checked out. But it's such a bummer because, like, I don't wear makeup other than mascara. Is it it pigment or is there something in there? No, they're just pigment. And my esthetician was saying that's just...
1: You yeah, know, I mean,
0: and I was like, well, I've heard lasers can get rid of that. But now well, I'm like, so this is
1: the thing with lasers and IPL is something intense pulse light is what they're using specifically for pigmentation. It's a mixed bag. First of all, just never do it over your entire face. Just don't. <laughs> You're thinning your dermal layer, creating a sun sensitivity. Your skin will be more sensitive to temperature once you've done it. I mean, wow. you're you're. It's a sabotage. So don't ever do it to your entire face. Okay. Um, but secondly, you can sometimes spot treat with an IPL successfully. And but the thing, the caveat for me is put uh, that's a withdrawal. You're getting a quick payoff, which I think is good. And I had it done years ago too, and I think it was a good decision. But to counteract that withdrawal, because you are creating more of a vulnerability in that area. The pigment may leave, but the dermal layer remembers and knows that and is like more sensitive to sun. So, okay, lots of things. So, you have to be even more religious with the sunscreen, but you need to put things back in like dermal nutrients and you have to create this state for your skin so that it can recover quickly and not go into a deficit, People are often using IPL and lasers as the main strategy. And the sad thing is, and I, I only know this, I only, only know this because I've had the privilege and luxury of working on so many thousands of skin over a long period of time to actually see these patterns emerging, actually see the long-term effects of these lasers and IPLs on not even, I mean, if it was just my own skin, it wouldn't be enough data not inconclusive. And if it was just like 10 people or a handful of my clients or something, it wouldn't be enough. But at this point, I've touched and looked and analyzed thousands of people's skin over 20 plus years.
0: Because I'm guessing even if I did all the good things. Put things in. You know, we have to do
1: health deposits.
0: Right. But I'm curious. So that, that's not going to get rid of pigment, right? The things you're talking about? The IPO would. I mean, I IPL it, but the others, the nat, the other stuff,
1: it does is it more- slow motion, and it does it for real, and it does it without without rebounding, because that's the thing. People go and they try to like fix the thing, and then oftentimes, I would say at least half the time, if not sixty to seventy percent of the time, rebound hyperpigmentation takes place, where it looks even worse after a few years, and then sometimes it just works for the skin type and all the different v- variables right that are endless which which makes this so hard to track like i'm dying to do clinical studies it costs thousands i'm also dying for this machine that um a lot of big corporations have where it takes pictures of what's underneath our skin they use it Ooh. for cancer research the last time i checked it was 140 grand I want it so bad because then I can quantify the amount of congestion that's in skin and do tons of research about that process. There's a whole chapter in my book of the process that our skin goes through in releasing that congestion. Because oftentimes you're like, well, how long is this gonna take? I'm like, well, I can I don't know. Like I can kind of guess, but if I had a camera where I could capture it, I could just I'd be in I'd I'd be in heaven you know to quantify this for people and to do research about how long the why it takes longer in others and less in others and and where this stuff is coming from like it's really amazing what comes out cuz i've i've completely resurfaced the worst cases of acne and all without chemical peels all without lasers and That's it's like amazing. where is this coming from i'm beginning to suspect that even underneath and within our subcutaneous fat layer is where things are being stored. I'm suspecting. I don't know because I don't have this camera and I don't have the, I don't have access. But um, there's a whole releasing that you know severe acne goes through, and and we do have to prevent our body from making it in the first place. And that's why internal health is so important. Finding yeah. a functional medicine doctor, you know, getting staying away from blood sugar spikes, finding food allergies. Yep. Staying, getting off of sugar, processed foods, gluten, all that stuff. Um, but we have to stop that. But in the midst of stopping that, I can, I you can completely empty somebody's skin.
0: That is amazing. All right, I, I, I number one, I want to have you on every month. I think you're amazing. <laughs> we have to talk. I'm not joking. <laughs> that would be awesome. I just want to talk a little bit about hair removal. I'm not going to use like the harsh bleaches and the chemicals. That's why I, I like because I'm fuzzy.
1: That the those neat chemicals. Yeah, they're really hard on the skin, and you know, waxing is hard on the skin too because you're lifting and inflaming. And there's a big error that a lot of estheticians make about getting that wax just a little bit too hot, you know? And if you get it a little bit too hot, it's extra exfoliating and then people go for hikes. Waxing is hard on the skin. Um, Tweezing is probably the best, honestly, but of course it's the most difficult. What you're describing sounds way better than dermaplaning or scraping. The, The rule of thumb is something that is creating the least impact to your skin because if it's making you red, some people have reactive skin types though. I have to say my new typing, the typing that I use for it, I actually have a skin type called reactive skin type and it's just genetic. Some skin just, you know, you laugh, you giggle, you blush easily. Um, you're born genetically just with reactive skin and that's not to be confused with hypersensit- hypersensitivity um, where the skin is really pissed. Um, so those two just be careful because some people might think that they're always making their skin mad and it's like, maybe not like you're just you're just born that way, girl. Oh my <laughs> and, gosh. That's, and that's something that's genetics and totally, you know, can't can't be altered.
0: Tell us about skin harmonics. Where do we get them? I want to get some right away. And
1: do you have a hyaluronic acid? Well, hyaluronic is in all three of my serums because that's a universal thing. All skin is thirsty, no matter if you're an alien, even like no matter (laughs) if you think you have the oiliest skin or whatever skin type, the conventional skin typing you have, all skin is super thirsty. So aloe vera gel and hyaluronic in a very specific ratio are in all three of my serums.
0: Now, I'm looking at your page. Before I let you go, you've got a Balance Origin Set, Fortify, Feast, Revive, and Bright. And that's basically my whole line, what you just
1: said. Yeah. And how do you know which one to use? Well, so there's a serum selection chart that people can follow. And uh, the, ba- the Balance is for sensitive skin that's pissed. <laughs> the one in the middle, Fortify, is where I start most people. It's got a really great dose of dermal nutrients. And then Feast, the third one, has twice as much dermal nutrients too strong to use morning and night for anyone. and I don't care who you are because even large doses of the dermal nutrients will create a sun sensitivity. So it's all about meeting the appetite. So Feast possibly at night. That's why I offer it.
0: Is that the one that has the retin-A
1: or the natural? Well, they the Fortify and Feast both have the retinaldehyde in okay. it. Okay. And And Feast is just for people who don't have sensitive skin and have that appetite and that voraciousness and it's not getting irritated. And we're possibly in the process of resurfacing through extractions and deep pore cleansing sessions, you know, to like really lift pigment and lift congestion out. So there's a place for anybody. And then that mist, the, the mist and the moisturizer are the same for everybody because that's universal barrier restoration and water across the board, everybody needs it. The only thing that's different is those three serums that I mentioned. And then I offer bulk sizes. So all of that mist, the what all three serums and the moisturizer, you you refill, you re-up with the these glass giant refills, which oh, cool. the price goes down about 50%. And we're not polluting the oceans. Woohoo! Like it's it's an efficient refill system that is I'm trying to eliminate single-use plastics and single-use containers in all industries, but especially the beauty industry. It's just awful.
0: I can't wait to try your stuff. This is so exciting! And wow, I mean, I'm just this—you've made me so happy. So tell
1: us all the ways we can find you. Yeah. So I made a landing page just for um, your podcast listeners, which is my web- website backslash podcast. So Skin Harmonics. Backslash podcast. This will take them, your people, our people, to mm-hmm. a landing page where if they can opt to sign up to my newsletter and go through the prompts and confirm the email and go through all that, they'll get a coupon. For my, you know, for their first purchase, they'll get a PDF of my book and a link. I, my 90-minute audio is called um, "Relearning Skincare: The Story of Skin in the New Way," and that's on that I'm, I read my book. That's so fun, and it turned out really well. That's on YouTube, so they can go there. They'll also get a PDF of the 10 things that your skin wishes that you would stop doing to it. <laughs> <laughs> So much to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about your book. I feel ta- I'm usually like all about the book, but I'll I have so back. many. Let's okay. do it
1: again. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those people, man. I can talk about skin in any direction for hours. So awesome. you did a really good job of trying to like harness me in. There's so many. There's so many tangents to go down in in the world of skincare, and it's 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 madness. I mean, you just have to say if we have to just admit that right. Like the industry is madness there. It's an ocean of information. Nobody agrees. And here I am jumping in and saying this, it's been monetized for so long for profit. And there's so many choices. It's so confusing. I myself as a professional was confused for years. So there's, there's so much, there's so much to talk about. Well, I
0: I wasn't joking. I I would be honored to have you on once a month and uh... let's do it. Oh, you're fantastic. Well, everyone, thank you so much. And Danny, I just, this is great. So it's skinharmonics.com slash podcast. Yes.
1: And I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I love my Instagram account, it's been super fun. I post every day. What's your handle? Skinharmonics. That's me across the board everywhere, even on LinkedIn.